We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg, yes. down Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 233 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler join with my two guys as always mr malcolm hart mr peer how you boys doing on this lovely monday night as we're recording right now Man, I'm doing awesome. The weather was kind of up and down today, but the past few days it's been in the 60s. So I'm doing great. Malcolm, Tyler, what's up with you guys? Woo! What's going on, man? I'm here chilling. I am I'm doing good, man. Ready to roll. Look at Malcolm wearing his tank top, enjoying that Florida weather. I'm so jealous. You know who the hottest team in the NBA is right now? Hottest team in the NBA Uh, right now is? The Miami Heat? Nope. You know who the hottest player is? You know who the rookie of the year is? <laughs> Kate Cunningham. You, baby. Oh, yeah. Kate, you got motherfucking Cunningham. Pistons is doing good, man. Congrats to you guys. You guys almost had 20 wins. I mean, that's that's a mouse, so I didn't think you guys were going to get there. But you guys are almost there. I think you got to, what, two games away from 20? Uh, yeah, already 18. 20 right games? 18, 18 games right two, now. Two, two more, and I, I, I can give you guys a slow clap. But you guys are doing good, man. Like, congrats to you guys. Uh, I remember. But when we drafted Kate, I was like, Tyler, I'm expecting Kate to drop 15. Malcolm's like, yo, slow down your uh, your expectations. And I think he's averaging right now like 15 or 16 a game, something like right, that. Right now he's averaging like 15 or 16. I think he just dropped 28 just now. He just dropped 28 yeah, right now. Dropped a double-double, almost triple-double. Yeah. He's, he's, doing, he, he's doing good, man. I mean, like, like I said, man, the Pist- Pistons are right now, What you guys won like what, the last five games? Six out of our last eight. Six of the last eight. That, that's what's up, man. You guys are doing the, the opposite, the total reverse of what my Knicks are doing. So, and kudos to you guys, man. Kate is averaging 16 and a half right now. And shout out uh, to one of, one of my friends. Uh, he calls him Black Luca. So, Black that's Luca. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout out to Lee, man. Lee calls him Black Luca. Nah, bro. Kate's legit. 
Pistons on the rise. Buy the stocks right now. Let's go, baby. Detroit basketball on three, baby. Let's go. All right. Enough with the basketball talk. All right. Let's get into our topic. We are going to talk about our last free agency breakdown because this will be the last episode before free agency officially starts. So free agency starts March 16th, next Monday. And you guys are going to be listening to this sometime right before that. So probably the Friday right before that. So you got this time and, you know, to, to prepare. And if you guys are wondering about some other positions, we broke down the DB. So we did safeties and corners, some guys that were interested in this market. We also did the receivers. So if you guys are interested in that, go check that out. And then in this episode, we're going to talk about defense alignment and linebackers that interest us in this market. And if you guys are new to this and how we've been doing this, we're each going to name one guy from each position of a guy that interests us from this free agency market. If that's to be a starter, rotational piece, whatever, we just like him as a fit on this football team. And we're all going to give a breakdown of each one guy on this free agency market. So with that being said, we also have some news to get into that the Lions have did. And uh, Peter, you want to go ahead and tell us the news that the Lions have done this week? Yeah, so the Lions hired assistant D-line coach Cameron Davis. They hired Cameron Davis. Um, obviously, the Lions switched to – they said they're going to switch to a more four-down role. And, you know, that's that's something Hutchinson kind of fits better than a 3-4. I'm just saying. I'm not throwing I'm not throwing some hints out there. I'm just saying, you know. And I feel like Thibodeau maybe fits a 3-4 better. I'm just saying. So, okay. so, so what if the Jacksonville Jaguars take eight hundred and what would them? What, oh, it's not right, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he could be a down defensive end too, but um, no. So they, they said they're switching to more four man for that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play strictly four three. They're all, they're obviously going to implement some three four things too into their scheme, but it's going to be more four down versus uh three three defense alignment. So. That's interesting. And then uh, do you want to bring up the tax stuff? Yeah, what's, what's going on in the NFL? Some news, you know, some guys that we might have had some interest in. And now that, you know, they're off the market, going to be staying on their team for another year. Who are those guys? Yeah, so Jesse Bates, I don't know if he got tagged yet, but I know he's expected to get tagged by the Bengals. I'm not sure if they officially tagged him yet. Uh, Mike Williams expected to get tagged by the Chargers. Chris Godwin is expected to get tagged by the Buccaneers. And we're bringing up these names because there's there was a rumor yesterday from Dave Burkett, that said the Lions are actually going to go after a top free agent. So right now what's left on the market, we'll give you three guys, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper is going to get released soon. So I'm expecting him to be out there. Um, GJ Tark and let's say Christian Kirk. It's four guys to keep an eye on for the Lions. And then, um, and more receiver news. There's also a rumor from Tony Pauline uh, he's actually an NFL draft analyst that the Lions have doing a lot of work on Wandell Robson and they're uh, interested. He is, he's kind of like your, um, like your Khalif Raymond replacement. I'd say he's fast. He's small. He's shifty. They've compared him to Rondell Moore a little. So we'll see. Yeah, and then as far as some veterans that are expected to be off the market as well, Michael Gallup expected to get a payday and making room for that Amari Cooper release. And then they're also expected to keep Cedric Wilson around in Dallas. So that really stacked receiving core that we thought was going to be in this emergency market, still some good names like Peter mentioned. You got guys like Robinson. You got guys like Chark and Christian Kirk and guys like that. But it's obviously a lot more thinner than I think maybe what was expected a couple of weeks ago or even a couple of days ago. So we'll see about that. And also, just to throw it out there, me and Peter, and I would say even Malcolm too, I don't think anyone expected Kelvin really to be a Detroit Lion or it was really on the radar to you know be on the Lions' radar to, to make a trade for. But 
he is officially suspended for the 2022 NFL season for sports betting on the NFL. So he is suspended for the whole season. And so if you had any interest of Kelvin really potentially being a lion, you could basically throw that out the window. So you, you know, it's crazy. You don't normally when you, so he bet 1500 in a parlay, right? I think it was yeah. a three team parlay. They said, or whatever. So dude lost 11.1 million. Yeah. And if you're, if you're making sense, like how, how do you lose 11.1 million on a parlay? No, he didn't lose 11.1 million on a parlay. He lost obviously his contract for the year because he did something very illegal in the NFL and just in sports, you cannot sports bet. It's a very <laughs> illegal thing to do. And Kelvin really, as he was on his break, uh, his mental illness, I believe break, he, he was taking a break off football. Yeah. He got caught cheating. This report broke on Monday afternoon and he's suspended for the rest of the season. So th- th- that's something. Yeah. And like, what's did- crazy is like, Go ahead, Malcolm. I was gonna say, did he at least win? That's a good question. Did he he win? We don't know. That's a good question. I actually made that tweet. Everyone's talking about Kelvin Ridley's suspension. Everyone's talking about how he's an idiot, and I don't disagree. He's an idiot for doing this, but did he at least win the parlay? And obviously, the parlay is not gonna add up to the eleven point one million dollars that he would have made in the NFL season. But did he at least win the parlay? Because if he lost the fifteen hundred dollars and his eleven point one million dollars, and he can't play football for a whole year. That's, a, that's, that's like a just a L. lose, lose, lose situation. Yeah, that's a huge L. Yeah. Um, the thing with him, too, is like there was teams that were ready to trade for him and give him a contract extension. <laughs> and he tweeted out, I'm only suspended for a year. I only bet 1500 I don't have gambling problems. Like, bro, you, you could have like at least, um, what's it called when you fight it? That one word. Dispute or? Um... Not dispute. Um forgot what appeal it appeal, appeal yeah he could have appealed it but his dumb ass went out and tweeted all this stuff so all the evidence against him i mean, I mean what is he gonna what appeal is it his yeah. fan account <laughs> or whatever DraftKings he was using has a social security number you're gonna track it oh it's Kelvin no, no, really? what i'm trying to say is like to get less time is what you're saying or but he basically just he doesn't care he's like i'm out for a year whatever i'll be back next year yeah, he's like, guy like he's like, like you could appeal it. <laughs> he's like, guy like man, I guess I get a year vacation. I'm just gonna chill. Uh, he has money. He's not, not like he's broke. Yeah. So he yeah, has money. I mean, he's, I hope gonna, he has money. he's gonna take a year vacation, pretty much the way you look at it. But there's so many ways he could have went about this. Is I just I just don't get like how do you get caught doing this? And I'm pretty sure players do it. I mean, I'm not gonna put that out there that you know. But I'm just there's saying no like there's that. ways of getting it done without getting caught like this like it's just yeah he's an idiot <laughs> like he there's so many things he could have did this man oh, he, man. Did, he did it on his mobile phone they have your social security number like my goodness dude that, that's that's just whatever i mean the guy's an idiot so calvin really is not gonna be a line long story short calvin really yes. will not be a detroit line there's gonna be zero interest between the lines and calvin ridley just you could put that on but all right we got uh we got on with all the tags, what happened around the NFL. Let's get into this episode now of some linebackers and defensive linemen that are gonna be available in the market that did not get tagged and that could interest us in this free agency market. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm going to start off with you, Pierre. Let's start off with a linebacker. Who's a linebacker that interests you in this market? So I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm not really a fan of this, these linebackers in this free agency class. There, There's one guy, we'll, we'll bring him up later. Someone else is going to bring him up. But the guy, I guess, that I saw that kind of intrigued me when I was looking at the list is Leighton Van Der Esch. If you guys remember, he was the first round pick for the Cowboys, I believe, in 2018. So he's 6'4", 256, 465 speed. His RAS was at 9.98, so he's really athletic. He's just been inconsistent in the NFL, man. Um PFF projects his contract three years, 25 and a half with six and a half guaranteed. So, you know, we, we talk about this with the staff that they turned around Charles Harris. Um, and I think Kelvin Shepard and maybe AG and AP or that defensive staff, I think they could get a little more out of this kid because he was really talented as rookie year, if you guys remember. I think that was his best year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so... This is a kid who who also like he fits the culture. He plays tough. He's like those kneecap biters. I don't know if you guys have seen this pad. It's ridiculous. His neck pad or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. It's, it's literally ridiculous. Yes. He's a football player. So I take a chance on him. I guess if I had if I had to pick one of those guys, it'd be him. I was just gonna ask you, Pierre. Are you just picking him because we're we're forcing you to pick a guy, or is this something you actually willingly willingly want to pay and build on? I pay him. I pay. I pay him because I think he has a lot of upside. I just told you he's really athletic, and the Lions know how to develop these players. So I take a chance on him, yeah. But overall, bro, I'm not a fan of the linebackers' free agent class. I'm really not. So I guess my next question to you is if there's not a free agency out there for you, what's the plan there? Because right now, linebackers are a huge hole right now. You don't have anyone under contract outside of Derek Barnes and I believe Anthony Pittman. Everyone else is a free agent. Jalen Rizmaven's a free agent. Alex Anzalone's a free agent. So, you know, you don't have a, a linebacker under contract right now. So what's the plan there for you right now? What are you looking at? What's best case scenario? Um, The draft, maybe. I like the linebackers in the draft in the second and third round. I think it's kind of stacked in that range. You got guys like, I mean, I'll just name a few names right now. Channing Tindall, Damone Clark, uh, Chad Muma, Brandon Smith out of Penn State, uh, the kid out of Bama. Mal- Malcolm, your Charles boy Harris. out of Bama. Or uh, uh, no. uh, Chris Harris. Uh, Christian Harris. Christian, Christian Harris. Harris. Christian Harris. Um, Quay Walker, the other kid out of Georgia. You know, I just named, I think, like almost 10 linebackers or whatever I just named. So 
there there's some good linebackers in that range. Is bringing back Jalen Reese Maben or Alex Anzalone, like where do you put that on your priority list this offseason? Is that a must? Is that we'll see what happens? Or, you know, you could go on with your day. If I could bring both of them back, I would. Just because Jalen Reese Maben is a stud on special teams. And then Alex Anzalone was a great leader for this team. And like I said, if the Lions don't like any of these veterans or they think they're too pricey, Anzalone shouldn't cost a lot. Okay. And so would, he, they like like they liked him. The, the players mm-hmm. left playing with him and stuff, and he was a great leader. Angelone was a captain too, yeah. And so yeah. it maybe, yeah, maybe it was the captain for special teams. But yeah. Captains, yeah. So I guess my question is, I'm forcing you to pick a guy that was an outsider, a guy that didn't pick for the lion, play for the Lions. So if I gave you the option that you could choose any linebacker in the free agency market, would you have said Jalen Rizmaven or Alex Angelone before you would have said Lane Vanderush? I don't know, Tyler. Why are you putting me in this situation? I don't know. I mean, they need linebackers, though. If you're basically doing what you did last year, they're going to be the same thing, right? So I, I think they – I mean, I take a chance on this kid. I told you, he's he's talented. He's athletic. Just needs someone to get it out of him. And he okay. needs a fresh start. He needs to leave Dallas. He needs a fresh start. He's still young. I mean, he's getting out of his rookie deal right now, right? He's so, 25, bro. Yeah, so he's getting out of his rookie deal right now. So he's 25, yeah. maybe even – yeah, so – Okay. I mean, that's intriguing. You know, you, you bring it up. He has his ups and downs. That would definitely be something interesting. But if you're bringing a guy like Van Der Esch, you brought up a value about a little over $8 million a year. I mean, it's not necessarily expensive, not necessarily cheap. You're kind of in that mid-range market right there. So, you know, th- that's going to be something interesting to keep up with. I would be interested to see if the Lions would go after a guy like that. So, Malk, what's your thoughts on a guy like Leighton Van Der Esch? Would you like him on the Lions or – I'm going to give you the same question. Or would you go to a guy like Reeves Maven or Alex Anzalone? What option would you have preferred? Are you talking about like for like a main, like to be like your main linebacker, or like to start? Is that what you bring? I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing them in for competition to see who's better. I personally would probably bring them all in just to see. Well, like if you, if you're you not bringing out, Vanderush to just compete. If you're paying him $8 million, he's a starter. Well, I got to be honest. I don't think he's – I know PFF say he's worth a little more than eight. I don't think he's worth more than eight. I think maybe he's worth that five or six range. Yeah. Just the way he's played, bro. He's been inconsistent. Like, if you, have, if you ask know. me who, who would I rather have, um, Kyle, or um, like uh, Reeves Maven, I think Re- I would probably lean towards Reeves Maven only because he knows the system already and he knows what to expect from his coaching staff. So – I'll probably lean towards that way. And plus, Reeves maybe had a hell of a he, he had a very solid year last year. I wouldn't Good. I don't want to take that away from him either. Are we unanimously just saying Jalen Reeves Maven's a must bring back this offseason? Like Alex Anzalone, that's like we'll see what happens if he wants to come back in a reasonable cost. But I think Jalen Reeves Maven, to me personally, I think that's like a must this offseason. I think it's a high priority. Yeah. I think they're working on a deal because he was actually with the Lions scouting or was he scout like in the, the senior bowl? Yeah, he was with the, the scouts. Bowl, yeah. He was with the Lions scouts. So I think like they're working on a deal or maybe they're close on a deal. I don't know. We'll see like, what happens. Like Jalen Reese maybe to me is just one of those guys where I bring it up with a lot of different guys. And I just think you need multiple of these guys on your football team. It's like they're not gonna be the best football player in your team. They're not gonna be you know, the guy that's making all the plays, but they're going to be guys that you want on your football team, the guy that you could count on to make a play when you need a play out of them. Jalen Rizvian did that, man. He We asked him to start, played really well. Asked him the Falcons game, make a play, forces the fumble, gives us the lines of fighting chance to win that football game and probably should have won that football game. Jalen Rizvian just the guy I want on my football team. He does everything for me defensively, special teams, good leader. He, he embraces the city of Detroit. He's been here for five seasons now. 
I mean, that's just a guy I want on my football team. And he's not a guy that is going to cost the bank, but he's a guy I want on my football team. Just like Jason Cabinda. I bring it up with Jason Cabinda. He's a guy I want on my football team. He's not going to be the best guy on your football team. He's not going to be the guy that's making all the plays. Right. But that's a guy I want on my football team. He's grit. He embraces the city, embraces the team, and is a guy I could rely on. And guys are going to buy into him when they hear him. So that's what I think of Jalen Maven. Yeah, I got to be honest, though, with well like Bruce Maven. I, I like him, but as a starter, you could use an upgrade and maybe you absolutely. could get a little better, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he's great on special teams. No, we all know that, no doubt about that. But I feel like they need to get better with, with the starting linebackers because we saw last year, I mean, he was he was like okay for, for a guy like him. I wouldn't say he was great or good or bad. He was okay. Like he was solid. Kind of like Alex Anzone, he was like average, solid. Maybe it's time to go from solid to like good, right? Find someone good. That's a great point right there. And that's where the lines are at that point of this rebuild. Like you're at the point where like, yeah, you got these guys are good and you want them on your football team, but I don't want them being starters. I need guys that are upgrades. I need guys that are better. And I think the lines are at that point of this rebuild where it's time to upgrade. It's time to get legitimate guys that we can count on to play every snap in a game and that they're going to give us high quality football. And if that's a guy like Lane Vander Esch, you know, we've seen the potential in him, but like you've said, it's been up and down. So that one's an intriguing name. It's definitely an intriguing name for Lions fans to have in the back of their head. And I, I want to see what his market looks like. Cause I, I feel like it could be anywhere from, you know, that six to $8 million range per year. So I, I want to see what team's value of him. Is he going to get a multi-year deal? Is he a one-year deal? You know, I, I think that changes the complexity of what the Lions right. would do with him. I think if it's a one-year deal, I think it's absolutely no-brainer. The Lions would go out there and see what he could do because if he plays really well in a one-year on your system, that could be a guy that you could maybe build off in the long term because you maybe see more of those flashes that he showed in Dallas when he was playing really well. So I want to see the complexity of what teams value of him and if they think he right now is a multi-year guy. And I don't know if that if that's the case for him right now. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a one-year deal. Yeah. All right, Malcolm, who's the linebacker that intrigues you in this market? I don't know if you're in the same boat as Pierre. You're not a big fan of these guys, or are you just picking a guy because I'm telling you to pick a guy, or do you actually like this guy? I actually like this guy. Okay, I actually really it. do. I, I think this it. is a guy that could come in and actually be an upgrade to our linebacking core. And I think he could be a leader, and I think he can – yeah, I think he could be a leader for this team as far as in our linebacking core. And he actually is in our division. He doesn't even have to go too far. He's actually – the linebacker from the Green Bay Packers. I'm talking about Devondre Campbell. He's a he's a tackling machine, man. He comes out there. He just he's a tackle. He's a tackling machine, and he's a guy that could come in and instantly be our starting middle linebacker and make our linebacking core better. Devondre is an interesting guy because Devondre Campbell, the last couple of years before he stepped into Green Bay last year, I mean to put it kindly, they've been pretty rough. Like in Arizona. I remember we did a game preview a couple of years ago when we're playing the Cardinals. I'm like, dude, I'm looking at TJ Hawkinson. I'm looking at whoever's running back. That's a mismatch. Go go towards Devondre Campbell. He was along the passing rate very high at that point. But like you mentioned, he really flipped his career around last year in Green Bay and improved his coverage skills. You mentioned that he's a really good tackler. And I think that's a very valuable aspect and very important thing in the scheme. So, that would definitely be interesting. What's the age of Devondre Campbell? I don't have the top of my head. He's like 29, I want to say, maybe 28. So he's yeah, a little older. He's 28. He's 28. We'll be 29 probably when the season starts. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's he's up there in age. He's 29. But I think linebackers last a little bit, just a little they bit do. longer. You're right. And, and what's the market value you would expect for a guy like Devondre? 
I don't have so, his exact market numbers in front of me, but if I take a guess, I'll say somewhere between six to seven, maybe five, maybe anywhere between five to seven, maybe for him. So um, PFF has him at 6.2. 6.2. I'll, then, I'll figure somewhere um, around there. Not yet, man. Spotrack has it at 6.2. PFF has him at eight. So six to eight, six to nine. Okay. Uh, PR, yeah, think... uh, would you be willing to give that contract to a guy like Campbell? So I, that's why I didn't bring him up. That's a guy for sure I would pay. Um, because I wanted to leave that like that that was Malcolm's guy he brought up. So yeah. For yeah. sure. I'd I'd pay Campbell. I've always kind of liked him. I remembered he was with the Cardinals, he was up and down with them a little, but even he was even with the Falcons, right? He started his career with the Falcons. Started I started really good. He drafted, kind of, he drafted by the Falcons. He started off his career really well and then just kind of like a you know a decline for a little bit, but then revived his career in Green Bay last year. So you know he's had an up and down career for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Campbell's interesting. I would feel more confident about signing Campbell to a multi-year deal than I would to Lane Vanderush right now. If you ask me right now, who would you rather give a multi-year deal to, uh, Devondre Campbell or Lane Vanderush? I would choose Devondre Campbell, even though with his age. Yeah, I mean, Campbell's a better player. Probably, more established. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's he, more ups than downs than Vanderush. So you're, you're getting more of a guarantee, in my opinion, with Devondre Campbell than you are with Vanderush, where I think Vanderush is more of a – can we get? Can we? Can we unleash everything out of this guy that we know he could be? That's the question mark. With Campbell, you kind of know what you're getting when, when you're signing him, and I think that's something also Detroit needs to figure out. They need to get some guys that they could really count on to be guarantees in their team, not always guys that are just going to be projects or guys that we can maybe get out of. If you can get a guy like Campbell, he's a guarantee, I think. So, I think that would definitely be interesting. Yeah, I think Detroit. I think they're pretty. They're probably past that stage of just bringing like, in guys. It's like, like oh, maybe they'll work yeah. out. Maybe, maybe it'll work out. We'll see if we get the best out of them. I think they're at that stage now. It's like, all right, are you going to make our team better? Yeah. Because they, they got it. They have to make this this roster better between, um, from last year to this year. They just have to. So Yeah, that's what I was trying to say because you have to upgrade, man. Hey, you I have mean, to. At least try. Like, you yeah. have to. I mean, I don't, yeah, you have to at least try. Whether it's through the draft or free agency, they have the DB. I mean, the safety in the linebacker room, I think, is the most important right now. Obviously, edge rusher is going to be at number two. That's what we think, right? Then after that, I think safety and linebacker with the defense. And then I think the offense, I mean, they're they're pretty ready to go once they find a receiver, I think. I don't think the offense, there's a lot of much concerns about that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they'll be fine. I don't think you're ever done completely ever looking for guys. So I don't want to put that like narrative out. Like you're never going to be done looking for guys that are going to be scrappy guys who need another chance. Like every NFL team, and whether you won the Super Bowl or not, you're you're going to be always looking for those guys. But the point that they're trying to say is that you're not going to want to look for those guys to start for your football team on a consistent basis. They're going to be your day one starter. And I think that's where you guys are getting towards right now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean – yeah, we're, we're at that point. We need to upgrade. We need to get more established guys, guys that are more guarantees. And like Pierre said, you got to take chances. If it flops, it flops. I mean, it, you got to prove how good of an executive you are. You can't always be taking shots on guys that haven't worked out and you just think that are have a lot of tools. I mean, you could have those guys as depth guys, but to have them all in your starting lineup, you know, you don't want that for sure. So, yeah. Well, well bringing up my point, I guess, is I don't have the perfect guy to – to translate to, to your guys' narrative right now because the guy I'm going to bring up is a guy that is a guy that you know needs a new opportunity potentially and a guy that missed all of last season. So 
young scrappy guy that's looking for an opportunity. And that guy is Nicholas Murrow from the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, Murrow's one of those guys where, you know, he, he started off his career on a decline. It wasn't really good, but in 2020 was really productive for that Raiders defense, played the middle linebacker for, or played, I think the outside linebacker, I remember the linebacker position, but he played like started games for them in 2020 for the Vegas Raiders. and was productive for that team. Came into this 2021 training camp, expecting him to be the starter for the Raiders, but he uh, suffered an ankle injury, ended up missing the whole season. I mean, he's only going to be 26 years old going into the season. Again, this is a guy that's probably not going to cost the bank. You're going to bring this guy as a competition guy, see if you could start, and you probably let him compete with the guys you have right now, which you don't really have much guys. You know, you have Pittman and you have Derek Barnes. You probably have him come right now, compete with those guys, and more than likely, if you bring him in, you know, you're not going to count on him to be your starter, but a guy that you would be comfortable with him starting a game or two if he did end up winning that job in training camp. So I'm kind of with Pierre on this. I just don't think there's many good linebackers in this free agency class. I think there's a different route that they could go to improve this linebacker corps. I think, like you said, via the draft would be a more productive way. And I think a way I would prefer the lines to go rather than going free agency. I think you guys brought some good names. I think a guy like Devondre Campbell would be really cool to bring in. But other than that, I think it gets really thin after that. Like Lane Vanderas, like I'm 50-50 on that. That can go either way. I think they're after that, just like, you know, it just give me a guy that hasn't proved much yet and we can get him on a cheaper deal or go get Devondre Campbell. He's the only guy I like I like as a guarantee as my linebacker. Yeah, linebacker. he's gonna be the only guy that's gonna immediately upgrade yeah. your linebacking core. It's a starter, gonna upgrade that position completely. But now we're on the linebacking topic. Just really quick questions, gonna make this really short. Just about the draft. You know, right now at 32, you know, Devin Lloyd didn't have the greatest combine, probably really hurt his draft stock running that four seven one. There is a possibility he could be there at 32. Yeah. Now his tape and his game and his game speed and his 40 does not match up to me. Like I even went back and watched it over and over again. And I'm like, how did he run a, a four seven one? If he's there, do you guys feel comfortable taking Devin Lloyd at 30, 32? So Malcolm, it actually was a four six six official. The four six six official. Yes. Four six six. Okay. Okay. That's, That's what not too I bad. saw here. I believe it's a four six six. Let me confirm it. Let me look it up the official time. But uh, speaking of that, though, Darius Leonard ran a four-seven-one, I believe it was, and he was kind—he's of, just like similar, like um, same way. Yeah, the playmaker. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I don't think he'll fall to thirty-two. I'd be shocked if he does. I still think he'll go in the top twenty now. Yeah, I mean, they always say, and it's it's facts. You always take actual football film rather than what happened at the combine because that speaks more to what's actually going to be happening on the field rather than just running you know straight line speed instead of going sideline to sideline which like you mentioned his film is really really good so i think it's still a really no-brainer if he's there at 32 for you and you need a linebacker especially i think he's a guy that fits perfectly in your scheme you go sideline to sideline so if he's there i, I don't really have take questions yeah you I'll run to the podium if he's there same with dean nakobe dean is there nakobe dean's a little smaller measured at 511 i think kobe dean's a stud that's my favorite he linebacker is in this class. so fun i don't care how tall he is bro he he just flies and he played he played with that georgia defense man he is so damn good he's athletic man i know he didn't participate in the combine but he's athletic man i mean he is really good in coverage 
he's uh, sideline to sideline. He's my favorite linebacker in this class. I just don't see a, uh, I don't see a, a scenario where he's there at thirty two. That's why they're all right. Devin Lloyd, I could probably this boss is it's a slight chance. It's the draft. I mean, anything could happen. It's the draft. Anything it's true. Yeah. There's always that guy that falls every single year, and he's like there in the third round. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I mean, last year is the is a good example. Jeremiah Wusakormo. We're like, what the hell is going on? And he is there. I think they got he got picked in the late 40s, early 50s, something like that. Whatever it was, a lot way later than it should have been. And the Cleveland Browns swooped him up in the second round. So yep. every year this tends to happen a guy that maybe has an injury history that teams are scared of or had a bad combine like this happens every single year so i wouldn't say never i, I wouldn't say never but I, I wouldn't like the chances of devin lloyd or nicobe dean being there or like jok's like what are you playing you playing my safety you playing my linebacker that's that was it. the question they said that, last yeah. year that's why he fell yeah i was shocked by his fall i thought maybe he'd go in the first but he fell so and there's always that one guy where like whoa he's in the first round it was a guy that you projected to be in the second third round or maybe even fourth round and yeah you, you see this guy is in the 20s and it's like wow what what happened so it happens so, every year so pierre my boy um christian harris where do you see him going like what round i'd say early second or like se- early second mid second okay i mean i don't i don't know if i don't i think 34 might be a little too early for him right and then I think 66 might be a little late for him. So somewhere in between there, some somewhere like that. I think you also have to factor in the Lions have a lot of draft picks and they have the maneuvering skills to move up in this draft if they really like a guy or if there's a guy that, you know, they think they can get a little later, they can move back and maybe even gain more draft picks and use that for more leverage to use it however they want to use it. So yeah. they, they have a lot of leverage in this draft, which is a big positive for the Lions in this draft. Yeah, regarding the linebacker, I'll say the perfect scenario would be if Damone Clark is there at 66. That dude is nice. Yeah. He's 66, he, he, I think, is great value for him. I don't know if he'll be there, though. Yeah, he's nice. He has good – I mean, he's really tall. He's 6'4". Yeah, and uh, Calvin Shepard mentors him. Mm. You know, there's connections with him. He, What do you call it? Clark called him his older brother. Because, you know, they both went to LSU and stuff, so he, he mentors him. Yeah, and so there's a big, big chance we might get him. And yeah. you got to look at the aggressive factor of Brad Holmes and the team he comes from and what he just did last year alone with the Detroit Lions. You know, he's already shown that he he's willing to be aggressive. Did it last year with Derek Barnes. He traded a couple of picks to move up back in the fourth round to go get Derek Barnes. And then we saw, even though he didn't pull the trigger, was really close to moving up in the draft a couple of times with Panay Sewell and with Levi Onzerike. Ended up sitting back and ended up getting both of them. But – you know, I don't think Brad Holmes will mind pulling the the trigger, especially with all the leverage he has right now with all the traffic. If he really likes a guy that's there, yeah, sweet. So we'll see. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's transition to defensive line. And what we mean by defensive line, these guys could range from anywhere from an edge rusher to a defensive tackle, anywhere in the defensive line. We're each going to name one guy on the D line that intrigues us. Pierre, who's your guy? So I'm about to say so you guys are like who? And I'll tell you who. Mike Jones. All right. <laughs> no, but uh <laughs> so his first name is I can't even say his first name. He has a nickname, and I'm gonna go by his nickname. So they call him Obo Okoranko. Who? <laughs> is that the Vikings? No. So he is the Rams 2018 fifth round pick. He's an edge rusher. No idea. 
Uh, so last year, so he plays limited snaps because you know the Rams are loaded. But when he plays, he produces. So last year, he only played 118 pass rush snaps. He had 15 pressures, at two sacks, and two forced fumbles. This is a guy that um, Brad Holmes obviously really familiar with. He was their director of college scouting, right? So this is a guy I'm sure Brad Holmes knew a lot about, and he gave his input on him. And I think if you lose Charles Harris, I think this guy could be a good rotational piece for you in Detroit. Shouldn't cost a lot. PFF projects him at one year, $2.25 million with a million guaranteed. That's nothing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this kid, if he gives a bigger opportunity, he'll produce more as well. Like I said, he only played 118 pass for snaps. He had 15 pressures and two sacks. That's really impressive for that amount of snaps. That'd be interesting. I don't really know much about the guys. I don't really have much like of an opinion or input on him, but you know, with the country that you mentioned, bring him in. Hey, has <laughs> so Tyler, you gotta be honest. GM. When you told me lookups and defense alignment, so first, like, let's do Maurice Hurst. I was like, ah, oh, he's been hurt. So I kept looking and I, was, I did some research. I was like, this guy's interesting. So I look into this guy. It's like, okay, we're gonna talk about him. Just something different, you know. Not a like flashy it. dude, nothing crazy. You went in your bag of tricks on this one. We you had all, to, you went deep in there. You went I like deep it. in your bag. I like it. You know, he brings up a connection, a, a guy that could be a rotational guy. Hey, I, I, I love these guys. Like a guy that we never heard of or the fan bits has never heard of. And this guy comes to the camp and we're like, oh, who's that guy? And I can say, Pierre told me this guy back in no, March. No, they're not going to know his goddamn name, Pierre. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, you know what's funny, though? If the Lions actually sign up, like, who? I'd be like, yo, I know this kid. Like, I did some restart. This kid's actually, like, he'd be, he's like Tyler said. He's one of those football players where he's not, like, the best football player, but he's a good football player. Those, you want you those want guys. Team. Yeah. That's yep. good, man. That's it. what's up, man. Dude, <laughs> like, like, for me, it's like I love when I see a guy, like, from Hard Knocks. Like, nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. And, I, and he gets signed to my football team. I'm like, I know this guy. You don't know him, and you're going to like him in August. And that's Juju Hughes for you. I know we're not talking about safeties, but that's Juju Hughes. He's on your football team right now. And I don't think 99% of the Lions fan base knows you have him on your football team. He plays with a toothpick I, I, in his I mouth. I forgot. He I plays forgot. with a toothpick in his mouth while he plays football. I don't. I don't recommend. I don't recommend. I don't recommend that for people playing football. But that's a guy. It's like you're gonna see him in a prison. You're gonna see Juju who's make a play. You're like, who is this guy? I'm gonna say I've known this guy for years, and that's so, what you know. And I, and I like this. Pierre's doing this right now. Pierre's bringing up a name. Obo. Sorry, don't remember your last name, but Obo. We're gonna sign oh. this guy, and Pierre's gonna be like, I told you guys, this guy makes sense for us. He's gonna make a play in August in preseason, and Pierre's gonna be like, I told you guys, this guy could be a rotational guy for us. I said it back in March. Pierre has the first leverage on this, so kudos to Pierre for finding this. Let's I, go, man. I love like, this. Let's so, go. You just have to. I mean, when you do these, we always bring up these names that everyone knows about. I was like, let, I try to think outside the box a little. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers go after two Chargers, Staley, you know. So, and the, they might lose their guy. They have like this pass rush. I can't pronounce his name, but he's like, he's like a mid tier rusher. He's going to get like six to eight on the open market. So, I mean, if they lose him, I can see the Chargers going after this guy just because the connection with Staley. And Peter, I know you could definitely relate to this, especially running the fan page. And we report every single sign the Lions make. And how many signings yeah. the Lions make and people in the comments section, who the hell is this guy? Well, why do we sign this guy? People are going to do that with this Oboe guy if we sign him. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. But it's like when they prove people wrong, 
it's like, hey, I did my research on this guy, and you guys didn't give him a chance back in the day. So here I like this one. And and we see it every offseason. You need to fill up your 50, your 90-man roster for training camp. So you're going to have some guys that you're going to never hear of. And they're going to be some in the free agency market. Obviously, a lot of undrafted guys that you've probably never heard of or familiar with. So it happens every year. So I, I like that Pierre went outside the box. He didn't bring up some big name that everybody knows. And that's, that's definitely interesting. So I don't know who he is, but I'm intrigued now. So I hope they bring Oboe in. I hope he's a Detroit Lion. There Let's you go. go Oboe, man. Oboe, yeah. baby. Let's go. What's his last Let's name again? Then the Rams fan. Okoronko. Okoronko. Okay. Obo Okoronko. No, Ronko. Ronko. Like, how do you Obo spell Obo Ronko. Yeah. How do you spell Okay, that? it's O-K-O-R-O-N-W-O. Obo, you're my guy. You're my guy. <laughs> so, just like, so I did like, I obviously saw it pronounce his name. I watched like a YouTube clip. Like, the Rams had like a little interview with him or whatever on YouTube. And the Rams fans love him too. He's like a fan favorite. This guy's big time. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Maybe I'm not going to give as much credit to Pierre. People know about this guy. <laughs> I the want, Rams fans know him, obviously, not, not know anyone else. I want to, I want like, nobody to know who this guy is. <laughs> I mean, like, we yeah. know who, like, who's like a random guy on our team. I don't know. Like, uh, Jesse yeah, Lamagne. We know who Jesse yeah, Lamagne is, but if you ask the Rams fans, like, who? That's true. We had one guy like that last year on our football team that I remember Bills fans were like recommending us to a big time Dean Marlowe. Like, who the hell is Dean Marlowe? And ended up making our team. And, he was a fan favorite over there. I feel like that's like us with like Zach Zenner back in the day. Like people were like, who the hell is Zach Zenner? And if you tell Lions fans, Zach Zenner will give you a whole big bibliography of Zach Zenner. They know everything I'll about him. I'll tell you who this is more like Issa Abdul Kadus. Remember him? Like, yeah, who? I loved that day. Yeah. yeah it sucks that he got hurt with Miami, but he was a good player. That was a good, like, not to get too off topic, but it was a good safety goal for the Lions back in 2014, 2015 when they had Glover Quinn and they had a bow and then they had Caduce as a depth guy. That was, that was fun, man. That was fun. Yeah, IAQ, I remember him. He was, he was good with us. Yeah. All right, going back to defense alignment, free agency market. Malcolm, who's your guy? You going to give me an oboe? Um, no, probably not. I mean, I was going through this defensive line class or free agency market. Not too thrilled of it, to be honest with you. I mean, I really like what the Lions are going to do, which is gonna they're going to address their issues in the draft. I do see them drafting at, at, at least one edge rusher, um, maybe a defensive tackle. Yeah. I see them mainly addressing their front four problems in, in the draft because sure. I don't I don't know. I don't really too, know too much about this free agent. I mean, I know about them, like the, the players, but I don't know about them coming to Detroit. I actually like the guys that we have as far as um, – you know, the Romeo Coro that coming back, Romeo Coro's coming back. Um, you know, you got Austin Bryant as a, as a death reserve piece. You have, I mean, you have a few pieces there. Julian. So, uh, Julian, Julian's there as well. So I think we just need to look for a starter. But, I mean, if they're going to look for a death piece, I'm going to look at Arden Key um, from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, just look at me. I mean, he was really solid last year, and he wasn't even in a starter, he was just a rotational piece. He had eight sacks just as a rotational piece, so that just shows that he can play, um, even with a limited role. So he kind of reminds me of kind of like a kind of like a Charles Harris, and when you, when you look at it that way, so if they want to add another piece, another edge rusher to their mix, I think Arden Key will be fine, but I really hope they don't pay. Any of these uh, defensive linemen or edge rushers in this free agency class, and just 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 address it in the draft. Yeah, I think that's 
probably the unanimous. Like, I think we're all set in stone. Like, we're going to get one of these guys at two. Assuming they stay at two, you probably get Hutchinson or Thibodeau, and then that figures out a starting position right there. You got Romeo under contract already, and then you got these other edge guys. So I, I think, you know, you're on pace of what they're probably going to do this offseason. They probably don't need to go out and free agency and sign an edge rusher. And I think I brought it up before. I'm going to bring it up again. Edge rushers are hard to find. Like, free agency is a very tough spot to go out and pay an edge rusher and expect him to be very productive. I feel like most of the time it ends up being a flop. And I feel like maybe people forget about that because of how recently how good it was. You get, like Cincinnati last year, they brought Trey Hendrickson in from – New Orleans, and he played for the Bengals last year, and he was really, really productive for them. Really good. But, but most case scenarios, you get, like, your Trey Flowers. These guys that are good or, like, okay, they end up hitting the open market, end up making so much more money than they probably should be making, and it ends up being a flop, and your expectations are way higher than the guy should probably be. And edge rusher and offensive line are usually those two positions where it's really, really difficult to figure them out in free agency. There's not – often where those guys hit the frequency market because if you're really good the the team that has you that drafted you they're gonna keep you that's just how it usually goes so unless you're an idiot like martin mayhew until that sue walk but i'm not that's a totally that's a totally different topic on a totally different day so um how many times does that happen though not often not a lot but this year i mean there is some solid guys in the market some guys who maybe are not as consistent or they've been hurt like von miller for example um Chandler Jones, he's pretty good. He's been hurt. Clowney, uh, you know, Manuel Akba, I think he's pretty good, right? Hassan Reddick, he's flashed in Carolina. Harold Landry, who's had it, we both liked a lot. Well, Harold, yeah. Um, Derek Barnett, kind of like he's kind of been up and down in his career. Charles Harris, obviously. There's not much on when you after that. So, like, if you're ever expecting to get A tier edge rushers or A tier offensive linemen for agency, it's very rare. Yeah. Like you, all the, you, you're mainly all, gonna get B tier guys at highest. Yeah, I was gonna say all those guys you mentioned here, they're they're past their prime. I mean, Chandler Jones, not Landry, but yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would yeah. say Gregory Akba. I don't know if I mentioned any Gregory. Gregory Opta and Reddick and Landry. Those guys are not past their primes, but those guys are kind. Well, those of are like, not A tier guys, you know. They're like they haven't consistently put up like. Yeah. 12 they're in that B tier. They're in that B tier, and but they're, they're gonna get paid. Yeah. But they're gonna get paid as A tier guys because that's just how free agency works. The yep. rushers and offensive yeah. linemen, right? And it's just difficult, man. It happens every year. These guys that are B tier players and at the edge rusher and offensive line position, they always end up getting paid like A tier guys. And they end up going to situations where fans are having big expectations, which obviously so because you're paying them A tier money. So you should have those expectations. But it most out of most times out of not, they're not going to work out. But Trey Hendrickson is one of the odd ones that ended up working really well for Cincinnati Bengals last year. So I'll just say this about the Lions too. If they don't think Romeo, I mean, Ken Campbell said he expects them to, they, they think they'll be ready. Not by like training camp, but around training camp time. Like, I don't think he said they'll fully participate, but they expect them to like, to, uh, to practice during that time. Um, so if let's say Romeo, like, let's say you still have to bring in some, like some veterans though, I think, because yeah, I know. If, if he's still hurt or whatever, or he's not the same guy he was, because he's coming off an Achilles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that just sucks, man, for him, because he's he's really good. And he uses athleticism, and Achilles kind of hurts your athleticism sometimes, like especially your speed. So I could see them bringing, like, a guy that you guys are about to mention. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely in the case. And I think a guy like Arden Key, he's not going to be a guy that gets paid the big money. You know, he's in the C slash D category in free agency. Like, yeah. you know, he's all right. He's not great, but he's not going to make he's not going to make big money. He's going to be make rotational money. And I think that's a route the lines will go. I don't think they'll go out and sign Hassan Reddick or Harold Landry. No. If those guys no. hit the open market, Dirk Barnett, I don't think they go after a guy like that. That's your Hutchinson or Thibodeau. That, that's exactly what I'm going towards. You're going to go draft one of those guys. You're going to wait for Romeo to be back. And then you're always going to sign in depth. You always need depth at every single position. I don't care how good the guy is, how good the position is. You always need depth at every single position. And I, that's what I expect the Lions to do with edge rusher position and free agency. Maybe you go out and get a guy like Arden Key or Oboe or whoever. You know, just a guy that you could count on, but you don't want to count on for 17 games to be your starter. I like the key idea. It's kind of like kind of like Charles Harris. Like he was kind of like that Charles Harris story with San Fran. Yeah. Um, he, he came in when they called his name, he produced, right? I don't think he'll get a contract like Charles Harris. But I think he's going to get like a ro- nice rotational contract, maybe like two to four. Is that good? I mean, you think you'll get more than Charles here did last year with the Lions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 He's he's proved more yeah, more productive. Yeah. This is will be his third team, which I guess would which here. was Charles Harris' third team at that time as well, because he played for the Falcons and the Dolphins before. Detroit. So, uh, PFF projects him at six point or 6.25 million a year, two years, 12 and a half, six point. So basically a one year, 6.25 million. Cause they have 6.25 million guarantee and 12 and a half million. Would you like that for the lines? Um, I feel like it's a bit much. Yeah. Let's see if Spotrack has him projected or anything. See, they gave him a market valuation here. Cause that's mid tier money at that point. Spotrack didn't give him, in, but I, I probably say maybe four. Four is the max, right? Yeah, four. I would I would agree with that. Yes, I would agree with that. I don't think you need to go out and be paying mid-tier money to a fringe edge rushers right now. I just don't think you're in the market to be doing that right now. Right. All right. I'm going to switch gears a little bit because we just have to bring up a defensive lineman, not just edge rusher. So I'm going to go in the interior because I think this is – I mean, I want to say a question mark, but there's more questions in the interior, in my, my opinion, than the edge rusher because the edge rusher – you're expected to get a guy like Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson at pick number two, and you're expected to plug those guys as day one starters, expected to get Romeo Aquara at some point during the season, early in the season. So I feel like you have your two guys pretty much established. And then, you know, Malcolm brings up the depth that we have. You got guys like Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant, and they'll probably bring some other guys in. So I don't think the edge rusher is as big of a concern. I think they could go a little cheaper on this on this way in the free agency. I don't think they have to invest too much money. So I'm going to bring a name in the interior because the interior right now, you know, there, there's a lot of questions right now. You got Brockers there. You got Aline McNeil. You got Levi Enrique. You got John Penasini. Guys that definitely could start. Guys that are definitely going to get snaps on your team. But I think there's definitely a room for some competition. So I'm going to bring a guy like Harrison Phillips from the Buffalo Bills. This was a guy that played 14 games for the Bills last year and started for eight for them last year. I think Phillips is a guy that, you could bring in and he could be a nice rotational piece for you. Maybe get 20 to 30% of the snaps in a game, assuming he wins a job and you go from there. I think he could compete with guys like uh, John Penasini for a job. I think he could compete with guys in your football team, like Brockers and Aleem and Levi and Zerika for snaps. Ultimately those guys probably are going to be your starters, but I think if you have him as a rotational piece, he's a guy that makes plays and in Buffalo last year, his production was, let me tell you right now, 
PFF overall gave him a 70, 77.4 and the run defenseman uh, department, he got a 79.8 and his passer, she got a 60.3, which is about average to below average played in 230 run defensive snaps and played in 243 pa- uh, pass rush snaps, got 21 pressures, one sack, 16 hurries and four hits. So, a guy again, not a guy that's going to be overblown with, and not a guy that's going to get paid a lot, but a guy that you know, could be sought for the football team, a guy that could be a nice rotational piece. So, you know, that's a guy I'm keeping an eye out for. I think interior is more of a, a key. The lines could look in the strange market, maybe rather than edge. I like that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, I think it's more of a need right now for the lines, and especially with Nick Williams being a free agent, I don't think they'll go the direction of bringing him back. I think this could be a nice replacement. They better not. <laughs> yeah, man, I like that too. Yeah. All right. That's all we got, right? Yes, sir. Um, I actually want to bring up something briefly. So I saw like – I just saw this on Twitter actually. I forgot who said it. But it was like from one of the Washington Commanders page or like a verified – I forgot exactly what it was. But it said that if – the like I think the – the, basically, the commanders inquired about every quarterback in the league, and they inquired about Goff, and Lions wanted a one back. But that guy said they think they could get him for a two. Now, if Wash, this is just hypothetical, just say yes or no. If Washington offers a second round for Jared Goff, you taking it or leaving it? I'm going to say no right now. That's fair. Malcolm? Welcome. You said a second round pick for Jared Goff? Yeah. So I'll give you the numbers right now if they trade him. You choose the numbers right now from where the cap. I don't think I don't think now I don't think now was the time to do that. And I wouldn't do that for Detroit right now. Yeah. Um so if they were to trade him pre-June first, they have 15 million in debt cap and 16.1 million dollars saved in cap space. This year? Oh, after or before June first. This is before, and then next year his debt cap would be ten million. It would they would save twenty, and then the following year if they did that, be five mil. So, um, so get, you would have sixteen million dollars in cap if we sixteen point one if you trade Jared Goff pre June first. Yeah, it's only fifteen dead cap. Yep. Oh, I was under the presumption that it was like a lot more. Because that's if they release deal. him. That's if they release because he has guaranteed money. The oh, other team would be on the hook for trade. Money. Yeah. Oh. Is there a veteran quarterback in this deal, like Fitzpatrick or like Taylor Haneke or something like that? I don't think so. Let's just say golf for a second. Um, yes or no? Oh, okay. I, I, my numbers were my my numbers were wrong because I was under the impression is that we are released. Like it was going to be like the same numbers as his release numbers, which is like what thirty something million dollar dead cap if we released him. Yeah. So that's what I was under the impression. So second. I'm still saying no. I'm still saying no, but a lot more intriguing. A lot more intriguing. I'd say yes, because I don't think it's a long-term option here. I don't either. I know you might you might not have a That's quarterback. Fair. I know you might not have a quarterback, but um, I'd say yes, because I don't think it's a long-term option here. But, Peter, can't you look at it like this, too? You need a quarterback for 2022, and yeah. you still have him under contract. You can't Can't you just look to explore the trade after that? After next year, 23? That is true, but there's some desperate teams right now, and there's some quarterbacks maybe that we thought were available but that are not available. Because I know there's been rumors that I think Washington offered a really nice deal for Russell Wilson, and 
Seattle said no, basically. So I, I just there's never going to be a point in the NFL where every 32 teams is going to have a quarterback, and there's always going to be right. a team that's desperate. I think the Lions right now should probably hold on to Jared Goff, have him be your starting quarterback, because this is a team that still needs to be competitive. They can't have another three-win, four-win season. They have to take that Absolutely next not. step as a team, as a whole team, and I think Jared Goff gives you the best chance right now. So I think that's probably the route to go, and I think those offers, with you having the flexibility of Goff's contract, I think you could still get that second-round pick next year if you want to trade him, if he's not your guy, let's say. Yeah, but you got to be, gotta be yeah. patient with this, man. I, th- I think Trying to trade Jared Goff now would be like a rushing, trying to rush it situation. I wouldn't like, I just think the second round pick is really good value. That's why I said I take it because he's not my, he's not my long term. I, yeah, I, 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 I get that. I get that. And, so, and yeah, long term is not, long term is going to work out long term, but you're looking at, if you let go of Jared Goff, if you trade Jared Goff, you're looking at a really bad season next year. Could could be yeah, another you, you bad don't season. Have a quarterback under contract. I mean, you could go out and sign maybe like a Mariota or someone, but it's not like you could probably draft forever. a guy too. I mean, if you have another pick with the forties, maybe you move up and take a guy right. So yeah. it gives you draft ammunition too, but it's not. Um, I see both. I see both. Honestly, I see both arguments to it. And I don't disagree with you guys. I just rather. Like if I'm offered a second round pick, that that's young talent, that's cheap talent, and that's with this draft class, that's a really good spot too. I think it's in the 40s their second round pick. Jared Goff is still young. I think you can still get a second round for Jared Goff. Say, I, that, that's what I view. It's like next year, I think you're so flexible with Jared Goff. I want to see one more year of Jared because if somehow he could turn around and be that guy, one that's really big because you're not having to <laughs> yeah. trade up a draft animation to figure that position out. So that would be the best case scenario. Jared Goff works out in 2022. And for that to happen, we have to see him. He has to be on the football team for that to happen. So that's why one thing I want to see. Two, again, what Malcolm just said, you're going to have so much flexibility with Jared Goff. His contract is a lot more easier to move off of if you want to release him if there isn't a trade partner. And like I said, there's 32 teams in the NFL. There's not 32 quarterbacks better than Jared Goff. And I think there's always going to be a team that is interested in Jared Goff. And, And I will say this too, man. If he has a good year next year, and you still want to move on from him, and he has a good year next year. Maybe get a one. That second round pick could be a first round pick next year. Depends on what's going on, and it depends who needs a quarterback. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Especially yeah. if he balls out. If he balls out and has like a 2018 type Jared Goff type year, or even like the end of last year. Yeah. Or no, if he had the end of that, that that that'll be really high expectations to to say that because he played phenomenal. Yeah. The, well, the last five games. When you think about that too, Malcolm, they're they're gonna upgrade at receiver. Obviously, we I mean. We already know that they they've said it. They haven't made this secret. They're gonna be that receiver, and they're gonna have obviously Swift back healthy, Hawkinson healthy. So, and that same offense, you know, a year two in that offense, and Ben Johnson is more kind of, I'd say, creative with this offense than Anthony Lewis. Nothing against Lynn, he just wasn't a fit, right? So, I mean, he he could be good, but. Personally, I kind of think he's going to be the same way he was. Like, hey, he's going to have his good moments. He's going to have his bad moments. That's kind of how I view him right now. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, if we have if we have a great quarterback, we're like we're set, right? Like, yeah, we're set on man. offense. At, just that point, on defense. at that point, you're keeping all your draft because I don't think people are realizing is you're moving off Jared Goff next year, hypothetically. Let's say you want to move off of him. That's not going to be cheap because it's going either one of two routes. One – you're not going to be bad enough to just take a quarterback at where you're picking because we're, we're expecting the lines to be six to nine wins. We'll say let, let's just put a range around that six to nine. I think wins. that's fair. 
Yeah, That's right. Just anywhere, anywhere from six to nine wins. I don't think you're going to be in the top three like you were this year. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be teams who are worse than you. So, with that being said, you're going one of two routes. You're either one, you're going to pray to God, which this is a terrible idea. Pray to God that someone falls to your pick, which you're not going to do if you want a quarterback because that's just not going to happen. Two, you're trading a shit ton of draft capital to move up into the top three. And hope a top three team is willing to trade with you because they might need a quarterback as well because there's that question. Or three, you're going out in the trade market of veteran quarterbacks and trying to improve golf there. If depending on whoever's out there at that point, we don't we can't project that. We can't predict who's going to be out there. Or four, this is a very tough one too. And it's kind of like what I said about offensive linemen and edge rushers. You don't really get eight tier quarterbacks in the free agency market. You can go that route too, which that's really difficult to do because there's not many guys that hit the open market as a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. You probably don't want to have to move up to the top three to get a quarterback. It all depends on what the college season is looking like next year. There yeah. can be multiple guys. Say if there's five quarterbacks next year that are great prospects, mm-hmm. you know, you can wait to that six, seven, eight, maybe nine or 10th range no, 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 to see if a guy falls or, or a couple guys are falling there. And then you can move up to number nine and move to 10, and, and you'll probably be in a better position to do that. Now, yeah, Detroit might not be in a position to grab the number one rated quarterback next year. They may not be in that position. But you, if there's multiple guys in there that's productive, you can still get a maybe the second, third, or maybe fourth quarterback in the class. Yeah. 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 I mean, those quarterbacks, when they're good and they're worth it, those teams are willing to move up. So that's why that's my point I'm bringing up. And usually you want to assure that you're going to get that quarterback. And most of those teams, like they'll do it even before, like the San Francisco 49ers, like a month before the draft, they moved up to pick number three to ensure that they'll get Trey Lance or whoever it was at the time that they really liked. If they had another guy, if was taken at one or two, whatever. Right. So I don't know. I we'll we'll see how that ends up going. Cause the path to getting a quarterback, if it's not golf, it could be a lot tougher than I think people are not giving credit to right now because, you know, you're going to have to trade either a lot of draft capital yeah. or go out in the, the free agency market or the veteran market in the trade market. Yeah, I'll say this. I think next year's class is going to be closer to 2021's class versus this class because we already have two top guys, and they've mentioned some guys kind of to watch for. I know the Kentucky kid, forgot his name, and the Coastal Carolina kid. Forgot their names, honestly, I, um, but – I've heard like those guys are names to watch this year. Obviously, the two 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 top guys are Stroud and Young, depending how you rank them. Guys have Stroud, guys Coast, have Young. Coastal Carolina. Are you talking about it? Is he staying? He's staying in school this year. Is the same guy? Yeah. Isn't it last name Gray or something like that? Or Grayson yeah. McCall. Grayson, Grayson McCall. I knew it was a G. Grayson McCall is nice. I, I like Grayson McCall, but so he's going. He's staying. He's staying at uh, Coastal. Yeah, you didn't enter the draft. We oh, haven't wow. talked about him this year. Wow, I just I thought maybe he just fell and didn't get mentioned, but wow, it's gonna be interesting too. Like the guys that like had poor years didn't get much opportunities, like the Clemson guy, uh, DJ, whatever the hell his name is, EJU. (laughs) We'll see how we'll see how he does, and you got JT Daniels gonna be starting in Georgia this year. Um, Spencer Rattler, I was gonna say, you think there's a chance that Spencer Spencer Rattler um, comes alive, or do you think he's done? He's getting a big opportunity now. I mean, he put himself in the uh, in the woods right now, and he's going to the SEC and playing at South Carolina State. So he's going to be playing some big dogs in the SEC. So it's it's make or break for him right now. And I, I like the decision personally for him to kind of put himself out there, put the competition. You're not going to those big universities. 
Let's see what you can really do. Are you NFL worthy? And I think we should have that answer by the end of the college football season with Spencer Rattler. Yeah, so there could be some options, man. So yeah. I, I I like where I like where Detroit's at, especially having two picks next year. And they yeah, I I like where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. All right. Um yeah, so the other guy I wanted to bring up is I think it was um is that Will Levis? Is that his name? I don't know. I think I the, the guy from Florida too is supposed to be a, a top prospect too next year. He's like six four. I don't know his name either. I am so bad with the next year's class. I'm so focused on this draft. I'm not even looking at yeah. next year's yet. Yeah. So those are just, I thought maybe it was a good thing to bring it because I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I'll just bring it up on the pop. It'd be interesting though. I don't think the Lions would do it though right now. No, I, I don't think they would either. I think they could be patient right now unless they get blown away with some crazy pick. Like if the Washington football team called and say, hey, do you want our second round pick? This year, and you want our first round next year? Yeah, okay. Well, you could have Jared Goff. Definitely. If they offer but number nine, they could have him too. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they got something stupid, I think they would take it. But I think that's what, if, really what, what if they said, We'll give you number nine, give us 32. And they take Jared? Yes. I'll take two I would do that picks. too. I, think I would picks. absolutely do that too. Because I think at nine, I think I know who I take at nine. You guys agree with it? There's you many options. Malik Willis? Yep. We'll see. We'll see, man. I don't think that's going to happen. This is but, probably not going to happen. This is just fun to talk about. Yeah, it's not um, gonna yeah I don't see that happening at all, guys. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see Goff's it happening go, Goff's going to be your quarterback in 2022, whether yeah. you like it or not. Most, most likely, unless they get a crazy offer. And then they're going yeah, to the, they're gonna make the decision in 2023. Do you want to roll with Goff, or do you want to figure this position out in the draft, or do you want to figure this out with the veteran? That's how it's going to be. If a team is that high off of whatever their drug they're on to – Give up that much draft capital for Jared Goff. They should be fired. Then, 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 yeah, they should definitely be fired. They should be fired and not have a GM job. Yeah. And you know what their GM is actually? Martin Mayhew. <laughs> you just called <laughs> him an idiot not too long ago. So, yeah, I mean, he was an idiot to not lock up Sue, but he's not. He's that not I, I, I agree. He's not that. Offered that much draft capital for Jared Goff. I mean, this is not Deshaun Watson. This is Jared Goff talking about. Doesn't uh, Rivera have final say, though? I know, like, Mayu is the GM, but isn't so, yeah. like, you know how Lynch is, like, the GM, but Shannon I think Rivera is, like, the president. Say. I think he's, like, the team president or whatever they – Not the team president, but he just kind of, like, has, like – Not, like, control. not like the team president, but you know what I mean. Like, he has, like, control of the operations and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Kind of like Shannon in San Francisco. Exactly, yeah. All right. Jared Goff is going to be a quarterback to 22, but that was fun. Probably doesn't get anything crazy offer, but he'll be a quarterback. Yep. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of us talking about some linebackers, some defensive linemen, and this free agency class. And I hope you guys enjoyed all our breakdowns of the free agency class. And it's going to be interesting, man. Free agency is a fun, fun, fun time, stressful time, and definitely a time where you want to put all your notifications on. Detroit Lions fan page on Instagram, you want to have those notifications on because he's, he's going to be posted. Actually, he's going to be in Mexico, so he's not going to be posted. Hey, I'll also be posted up for But you want to have Lions Nation also underscore Lions Nation underscore on Instagram. Turn notifications on because I know Tyler posts everything. So he's going to be on it. Yeah, that, that's my most active time for sure. Trying for ages. That's the most fun. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on Twitter all day. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter. I don't care if I'm at work. I don't care if I'm at school. I'm refreshing my phone all day waiting for news. And it's just it's a lot of fun. I know NBA fans could definitely relate to like the Woj bombs and the Shams bomb. That's like our time of year for football fans. We go to the Rapport, we go to the Shepsters, Tom Palestero, whoever it is. We're refreshing our feeds all day. So it's going to be interesting because this is going to be a more 
evolved Lions fringe C class than last year. At, at least that's what we expect. So, you know, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for this fringe C class. So Monday, keep that on you guys' calendar. Guys. Monday is the first day where they can start negotiating with the guys. And then Wednesday is the official day of the new league. Yep. And with that being said, I'm out, guys. Leave those five-star reviews. Peace. All right, guys. Hope you're all staying safe during this time. And I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy, Malcolm. And I am out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.